0: What's up, Hooligans? It's another edition of the Unreasonable Odds Podcast. I'm Steve Buchanan, making my monthly appearance here on the show. The season vet, the guy who's been carrying the show basically from all 2021. Probably won't stay that way, but at least he has been. Julian Edlow, my co-host, here to talk about some of the NBA that has been going on right now. We are in the midst of the playoff tournament. All the seedings are go- are taking place right now. We'll get into that. Some of the bets that you can make over on the DraftKings Sportsbook. And maybe a quick thought about all the no-hitters going on in Major League Baseball, which, spoiler alert, needs to stop. Nobody cares anymore. It was cool for the first—I'll I'll save that for, you know, in, in a few minutes here. Let's get right into some of the action that's going on tonight, Julian As we record this today, Thursday in the afternoon, we have Pacers and Wizards taking place tonight. I know you don't really have a particularly strong lean on this one, but the Wizards are three and a half point favorites against the Pacers in this one with an over under of 237 if the wizards win this one which they really desperately need to do they get the number 8 seed and have the tough matchup against the sixers if they do win in this one obviously we've been seeing some issues with Bradley Beal who's been playing hobbled he's got that quad injury Jeremy Lamb questionable for this one with a knee issue and then Turner, Warren and LaVert all are out for the Pacers what are you thinking about this one
1: yeah, it's a tough game. You say the Wizards need to win. Well, the Pacers need to win. This is it. This is the play-in game where there is no play-in game after it. You either get the eighth seed or right. you go into the lottery. Um, and I mean, I guess why the Wizards are maybe more desperate is they did just go on that, whatever they won, 17 out of uh, 17 and 6. I think they went down the stretch in the season to, to get here. Whereas Indy was a team that was, you know, trendy in the playoffs last season and uh, kind of expected to be firmly in the field this year and and wasn't. So it's going to be a tough game. My, what's interesting to me is the Pacers looked so good against, uh, you know, a young Hornets team in the last game. And the Wizards looked so bad in, in Boston in that play-in game. And, you know, how much of this recency bias, what, what's going to carry into this game? Um, I tend to feel like the Wizards are going to bounce back and get this game. Uh, but I'm not confident enough to bet on that. So if you do want to bet on this Thursday night game, I think it is a player prop kind of game. I love those. Uh, it's a really high total set at 237. One of the matchups that makes me concerned that I don't necessarily want to put my money on the Wizards is because they have a really hard time covering bigs. Uh, so Demontis Sabonis, 48 and a half points, rebounds, assists. I will I will take the over there. Um that's a big, big number. It's <laughs> a big number. Yeah, it's a really big number, but um so let me just pull up his game log here against the Wizards. It's it's ridiculous. And recently like, you know, he had 21 rebounds in the play-in game against Charlotte. Um he's been coming up with a lot of triple-doubles. He had a 20-20 game against Cleveland, a 30-13 and 13 game against Washington the last time. Three matchups against the Wizards. He's averaging 70 DraftKings points this season, over 32 points per game, over 14 rebounds per game, and almost 10 assists per game. Almost a triple-double for the center in three games, decent sample size against the Wizards. So I would go over there. Um, You can maybe look at it over on Westbrook, who, same thing, every game against Indy this year was ridiculous. He averaged 88 DraftKings points in the three games. 27 points, 20 assists, 18 rebounds per game. He almost averaged 20, 20, 20 against Indy in the regular season. So I think Sabonis has the better matchup. I'll play his prop. If you made me play something on this game, another reason maybe to like the over on the Westbrook props is that Beal did appear to be hurt in that game in Boston. He appears to be playing through injury. So that's maybe a little more for Westbrook and maybe a little more for an under on 31 and a half points on Bradley Beal. Uh, I never like to take the unders on stars and big games, but that's just kind of where my head's at here. But I will say, you know, I didn't bet either of these, but I was asked to give analysis on player props Tuesday, Wednesday. On Tuesday, I said Tatum under 32 and a half points. Uh, he's only gone 33 or more in 20% of his games this year. He averaged 23 against the Wizards, 50 burger. Wednesday night, Curry under 36 and a half points, huge number, great defensive team in the Lakers. That game went way under Curry had like six points in the middle of the second quarter. He got over on free throws in the fourth quarter, just the flurry of threes that he can hit to get you there. So it like these haven't been going well lately. I think that Tatum and Tatum and Curry aren't hurt. Beals hurt. I I think that an under there makes sense. So I don't know if I'm going to play any of these, uh, but that's where my head is at over taking a side in the Thursday night game. Uh, a lot of different props to look at.
0: Let's look at the Friday game. I feel like you're going to have more of a take on this one. This one has set up with the Warriors, uh, excuse me, the Grizzlies at the Warriors. In this one, the winner will get the eighth seed over in the Western Conference there, and they would play the top seeded Utah Jazz. Obviously, the Warriors coming off really tough loss against the Lakers. Last night had that 13-point lead at the half. Only two points going into the fourth. And then, of course, LeBron James does his thing. Hits the three-point dagger to end this one. These three teams have been up three times already this season. Steph Curry did miss two of those games, which was on a back-to-back earlier this season. The Warriors are favored in this one, but the kind of wrench in this one is that the Grizzlies Grizzlies have been one of the best teams against the spread as underdogs this season, 21-13. and That was the second-best record uh, in terms of uh, covering percentage in the league, 61.8%, trailing only the Suns, who were only underdogs uh, 12 times during the season. What are your thoughts
1: on this one? Well, the last time the Grizzlies were underdogs was on Sunday in Golden State. Winner gets the eight seed, loser gets the nine seed. Here we are in Golden State on Friday night. Winner gets the eight seed, loser gets the nine seed. Um, And I have this, you know, call me square. I have the same exact take as I had on Sunday smash the Warriors minus three. They were up 17 going into the fourth quarter. They were then losing in the fourth quarter and still proceeded to win by double digits and easily cover. Um, Same thing. The Warriors aren't losing this game. Um, Look how good they looked against the Lakers in that game on, on Wednesday in that tremendous game. Uh, I just don't think Memphis, the biggest advantage Memphis has on the floor is, is Valen I guess, but, Draymond Green handled Anthony Davis pretty well. Uh, you know, you're gonna have Looney getting some minutes there too. For me, this is a uh this is a Wizards minus uh, Wizards, Warriors minus three and a half spot. Um, but the other thing you can do, and we'll roll from here and get into the other series. You know, I, I had a lot of Lakers. I had some Lakers minus four and a half on on yep. Wednesday that didn't hit. I also you know was fortunate enough to roll them that money line into a lot of different things and wound up okay on the game on that money line i'm tempted to do the same thing here i'm super confident that the nets are going to beat the celtics in that game one at home um so if you just take the warriors money line on friday night then get yourself some action on saturday night i know two day parlay steve I hate it um plus 114 plus 114 <laughs> Friday night, primetime game, Saturday night, primetime game. Um, I, I like that a lot. So now we know
0: these, we don't know who both of these teams are going to play and which top seed is going to be playing both of these teams. But we do know a lot of the series that are we going to be heading into for this weekend, Saturday starts off uh, with a, Four games on that one. Heat at Bucks, Mavericks at Clippers, Celtics at Nets, which is also uh, the biggest discrepancy against the spread there. The uh, Nets are seven and a half point favorites. They moved down from eight just a little while ago, uh, but now it's moved to seven and a half. They are the biggest favorites on that Saturday. For reference, by the way, Celtics are fourteen and twelve as underdogs against the spread, so that's something you want to think about. And then Trailblazers at Nuggets in that one—that is almost a pick'em with the uh, Nuggets just hardly favored in that one. Where are you looking at for this Saturday slate here, and specifically that Celtics Nets game, which has the biggest discrepancy?
1: Yeah, we can start with Celtics Nets because that was one. You know, we had Whale Capper, Drew Dinsic on our Monday. And this was one of the series that was not set yet. So we kind of gave takes about how strongly we lean to the nets. um, But now we have it we have the lines in front of us and the nets are just enormous favorites. So I like anything, you know, I'm going warriors nets on that money line parlay, but if you need a parlay piece for the weekend or you need one for Saturday um, the nets money line is, is the piece for me. The series price is, uh, is insane. Um, It has come down from opening at minus two thousand to minus fourteen hundred and thirty on the series line. (laughs) It's on sale. (laughs) Yes. Um, So there's only one way that I want to want to go here, and that would be the series spread. You can give yourself the cushion of the Celtics maybe stealing one of these games. Maybe Tatum goes for fifty or sixty. Uh, but like, this is why the Nets are the obvious side of this series. Like, if, if even if that, that happens, you can get 30 point games from you can get 35 from Durant, 35 from uh, Irving, and a 25, 15, and 15 from Harden. And it just that's more than Tatum can do. So I think the sweep is, is in play here, but you're going to we're going to give ourselves the cushion of one potential Celtics heroic win. Nets minus two and a half games in the series. That means winning in four or five minus yeah. 150 on DraftKings Sportsbook, some serious juice to lay two and a half games in a series. But um, I just don't see a path for the Celtics winning more than a game. So uh, that is one, you know, that Drew and I kind of talked about on Monday. Now that we have the line, now that we have the spread, this is something that I definitely wanted to come on today and, and give out um, as a pretty sizable play for me.
0: And as we were speaking, it is now back up to 8 for the net. So most likely that line is going to fluctuate um, all throughout the uh, up to the weekend when that does tip off at 8-10 on Saturday. So keep an eye on that one if you're looking for a particular line on that one. Uh, would you prefer the 7.5 over the 8, or do you really not feel too strongly about that?
1: Um, <clears throat> I like I think the Nets will cover. I might take this more of like a Nets first quarter, Nets first half type of bet. Um, The Celtics can tend to start slow and work their way back. The Nets should be kind of, you know, fired up to, it's been all year getting the guys on the floor and, you know, the the whole season was to get to this point. Now their season starts. Um, So I think we'll see them come out, you know, kind of playing with their hair on fire and get off to a pretty good start. So I would back the Nets early. I think the Nets money line piece, obviously I've made that clear. I think the Nets series line um, is one of my favorite plays of the postseason. And um, man, do I have anything else to even add to that? I feel like there's another, was there another question in
0: there? Well, I was going to say, too, that coming into this game, the Nets have covered five straight games, but those also include, you know, those kind of jokes of the games against the Bulls and the Cavaliers, which were minus 11 and minus 13, but they are covering some of those big spreads.
1: Right. They had double-digit leads at halftime in both of those games, too. Those were Nets' first-half bets for me, and they uh, they went well. They were down 12 to the Bulls and covered minus minus eight and a half first half. <laughs> 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 That's. That's the ability uh, to make up ground that they can, that they can do. And that's why I'm not going to be betting against them at, at any point in time uh, in this postseason. man, I feel like I had one more thing to say about this series, but.
0: Well, if it comes to you, we can get to that. Yeah. I do want to ask about any of, the, any of the other games that have taken place Saturday or even Sunday. I'm noticing on Sunday, two really low totals compared to the rest of the playoff series with Lakers and Suns over under on that one is 213.5. Hawks at Knicks is only 215.5, which is fairly low because you look at some of these totals, like especially for tonight, Pacers and Wizards, 238 for that one. So any leans on any of the other games that are taking place uh, over the weekend?
1: Probably not from a total standpoint, um, but Lakers Suns will probably be a good under series just in terms of pace. Like you're going to have LeBron controlling the ball and slowing down possessions to get good looks. You're going to have Chris Paul on the other side, handling the ball and slowing down possessions to make sure that the Suns get good looks. Um, those are going to be games with limited possessions uh, and games for good unders. The Hawks and Knicks are weird because the Hawk the Knicks are such an under team and slow pace team but they went way over in all the games against the Hawks. Those wound up being played at a Hawks type of pace. So I'm going to kind of wait and see there. Um, just going down the board on Saturday, like I think the Clippers. Uh, oh, here's what I wanted to say. And it isn't, go. Can't you? it isn't specifically about Nets Celtics, but like something that has been working for me lately is these must win games, scrapping the points and taking the money line. And this generally is not an NBA thing. You want to just lay the points. Um, you know, kind of like how we, we are so big on those teasers in, in NFL and getting it when they're, you know, in that six to seven point range to get it as kind of a better value money line parlay, like, this is why I want the Warriors to win and not mess with the points. That's a must win game where you go home. Um, you know, same thing with the Warriors. I used them in money lines on Sunday. I used the Wizards in money lines on Sunday. They won against Charlotte, didn't cover to get the eight seed in the East. Um, there were a couple other teams just in spots that, that had to win that you can trust the money line. So now that we're in the playoffs, I think money line parlays are kind of going to be a bigger thing for me. Let's see. if you want. To, I think Clippers get game one at, at home. So if you yep. did like a Clippers-Nets money line parlay, that's minus 107. I would rather do that than lay the points with either team, I think. Um, so that'll be something that's big for me, I think, this this postseason in the game-by-game approach. Clippers series, real quick, similar to the, you know, there's not a 0% chance like the Nets are going to win that series. The Clippers, I think, should win pretty handily. You can get minus 165 laying the game and a half, so to finish it in six or fewer. That stands out to me. Yeah. Um, and then for the other two ones, I like betting Portland as the slight dog in Game One. I like Portland for the series. Drew and I covered that, so I won't add more there. You can check out the Monday podcast. Same goes for uh, Miami Milwaukee. I like, you know, I don't know why Miami is so overlooked after kind of dominating the Bucks in in a four to one series in the bubble last year. It's not the bubble. Bucs have holiday, whatever. I think Miami is still underpriced for the series. Still underpriced for, for Game One. Um. Yeah, so that covers that covers the Saturday games. One thing here's one thing that I'll say that I think you'll find interesting. Um, probably not. No, I, you probably will. Maybe. <laughs> so the Lakers are minus two fifty as the seven seed to beat the Suns, the two seed in the in the series. Which I mean makes wow. sense. They're there because of injuries. Yep. But minus two fifty. They're minus two fifty for the series and they are three-point game-one underdogs.
0: <laughs> that's, like, just so obscure and ridiculous, but here we are. I mean, I mean just, just the fact that the Lakers are, are that seed to begin with is, is ridiculous, but obviously because of, like you said, injuries and everything that took place, that's why they are where they are, but that's, that, that, that's just totally wild, and that's just the NBA in a nutshell. want to remind
1: everybody, Ooh. too, there's two reasons. Sorry. Let me give you the two reasons why really quick. The first is the grinding game that the Lakers just had to play on Wednesday night against golden state. Sure. So Phoenix comes in more rested. And the second is the Lakers approach to game ones last season and LeBron's general approach to game ones. Right. Uh, he kind of takes a back seat. He looks to defer field a series out, uh, and they lost a lot of them and then, uh, came back to win the series. So, That's something to look for again on the series line, like if the Lakers lose and they're minus 120 for the series, I would bet the Lakers series Um, game ones are generally LeBron assist games LeBron over whatever it might be eight and a half assists for game one as he looks to kind of get Anthony Davis going get Andre Drummond going whoever. Um, Yeah, so there's my takes there.
0: So I just want to remind everybody, too, that if you're over on the DraftKings Sportsbook to take advantage of the hammer, the over promo that is going on right now. The uh, first one that's coming up is against Dallas and the Clippers. If you think the total is going to go over, which is currently set at 63 points, fingers crossed, I hope they can get there, and you'll basically double your money. So make sure to go over to the DraftKings Sportsbook. Take advantage of that promo. It's free money. I mean, I don't know what you need, what more incentive you need to go take advantage of that, but be sure to do that. Every 1,500 betters that takes advantage of this promo, the line goes down even more. So it's like truly like it, it's you, it's freer than free. It's easier than stealing candy. This from it's going to get to
1: zero. 1,500 is not a lot in the game. No. It's still two days away from when we're recording this. This is going to be over zero or over one, wherever it's supposed to finish.
0: So make sure you go take advantage of that over on the DraftKings Sportsbook. Any parting thoughts for NBA before I start talking about my MLB no-hitter nonsense?
1: Last one. Um, Drew and I did talk about uh, Knicks-Hawks series line, and this one's kind of moving. Uh, Sharp money coming in on the Hawks, sharp money fading the Knicks as it did all season. I think we're going to get the Knicks at like even odds or plus money by the time this series starts. And they swept the regular season series. They have the home court advantage. Madison Square Garden is going to have 13,000 fans on Sunday uh, for game one. Oh, Knicks are even money right now for the series on DraftKings Sportsbook. I would play that as a pretty big bet, and I think, it might, I think we might even be able to get plus 105, plus 110 on this one.
0: So as you may have seen or you may have heard, the MLB is going through this little bit of a problem. And that problem is that everybody and anybody can throw a no-hitter all of a sudden in this league. As we record this, May 20th, 2021, 1.01 p.m. in the afternoon on the Eastern Standard Time Zone, six pitchers have thrown a no-hitter so far this season. One, two, three, four, five, six, correct. gotta Check my math there real quick. What's even more concerning is that of those six pitchers that have thrown it, they've all been against three teams in particular. One of them...
1: Not oh, a good we'll one for you.
0: Oh, that's fine. So the Rangers, the Indians, and then the future AL West champion Mariners. Now, I'm not concerned about the Mariners because they're just playing possum until the playoffs come, and then they explode, and everybody's like, where did this team come from? So no big deal. It's only May 20th. It's still a lot of ground to make up. And by the way, there's still very much a contention in that division, so you'll you a pretty little head. Rangers going nowhere, so no big deal. Indians weren't going to be going anywhere anyways. But you look at this list of pitchers that have thrown no hitters. It's like, why are these guys even on the list? Joe Musgrove, Carlos Rodon, love him. John Means, lucky. Wade Miley, give me a break. Spencer Turnbull, please. That's his claim to fame now for the rest of his career. And Corey Kluber, who, you know, barely is able to stay on the mound, but did it against the Rangers, his former team. You know, the team they barely pitched for, like 13 innings before he was hurt. So, I mean, just really insult insult to injury on that one. But something has to be done here because – the allure of no hitters is gone. No hitters are no, are no longer exciting. Perfect like games that happen- are in. Perfect games are in, yeah. We get, can we get a perfect game? Like all of these guys couldn't do a perfect game? Like just throw strikes instead. Don't worry about the balls. But the allure of no hitters is gone. And that kind of sucks, quite frankly, because that used to be an exciting part of baseball. That used to be something that, you know, when it was happening, you kind of look forward to. And it was like must see TV. You had to go in and turn it on. I, mean, I remember getting notifications on my phone saying such and such is pitching a no-hitter. By the time it was with John Means, who was number three on this list, I was like, man, well, whatever. It's not even fun anymore. Now, there's been rumors going around, oh, maybe they'll move the mound back and everything. No, 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 no. We don't need to change the entire game here. But the, the disadvantage for hitters is becoming so apparent. You look at all these guys now that are just consistently coming out here throwing over 100 miles an hour. It's getting almost impossible for hitters to hit. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, obviously we want pitchers to go out there and do well, but it's not fun anymore. And if the last thing baseball needs is less fun, shout out Tony LaRusso, the biggest fraud in baseball, old man. Go back to checking box scores in the newspaper and letting us know how teams did. Okay, we don't need you in baseball anymore. But it really sucks for a sport that needs something. And consistent no-hitters is just not it. Consistent no-hitters is not what we want. We like excitement. In a fast-paced world, no-hitters does not do it for me or really anybody anymore. So I don't know what needs to be done. I don't know if it's because of the baseballs, how they dockered them and, you know, made them weigh a little bit less. You can see my comments on ESPN.com. You know,
1: you knew that was coming. Well, I don't you know how they- trying to get to that before I could because my whole... <laughs> this is obviously, you know, a uh, you know a rant by you that I were just... It's all you. I have nothing really to say other than Steve Buchanan going on ESPN.com and saying that these <laughs> balls are going to make no difference. And here we are with five no hitters a day. <laughs> Guys can't hit watermelons coming down the plate right now in MLB. And uh, I assume you're just going to stand strong with your take and just say this entire thing is a giant fluke.
0: To be fair, I said we don't know what the results are going to be yet, but apparently it's all the no hitters, all the no hitters that everybody can get. So, this will not stay like this. The pace of this cannot k- be sustained, but at least for now, baseball kind of stinks right now. And that really sucks for someone who likes it as much as I do. It has a good following, but we need more hitting. We need those pre 90 days, oh, sorry, pre 2000 days when Maguire and Sosa were going off trying to get the whole run record. That's what we need in this world, not the no hitters.
1: I mean, if we need more hitting, uh should also kind of just let guys swing at pitches uh, like Tony LaRusso is arguing against, but whatever, I'm done with baseball.
0: Biggest dork in baseball. that Guy is the worst, the absolute worst. But I'll tell you what's not the worst. This edition of the Unreasonable Odds podcast, which is wrapping up right now. So thanks for tuning in. As always, we'll be back. Are you doing a special one next week or – oh, you're off next week. You are. Yeah, that's right. I'm doing a special edition of the Unreasonable Odds podcast. Julian's actually going to take the show off. So I will be here instead with a mystery guest. And I say mystery because I still don't know who it's going to be, but we will work that out. You you people don't have to worry about the logistics. I do for a change. For Julian Edlo, I'm Steve Buchanan. No hitters suck. And we'll see you next week.